all you Theosciples, I'm Michael. And I'm Brendan from Finding Christ in Cinema. You are listening to the Theonauts Podcast with your hosts, David and Jeremiah. Right here at GCTNetwork.com. <clears throat> your Great Commission transmission. 35, right? Yeah. The Theonauts. Wait, what? 35 or 34? It's 35. <laughs> okay. The, the Theonauts. Episode 35. The one where we can feel the spirit. The Feel Nuts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing. But the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's word. Hello, all you Theo prophets out there. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing good. Who are you? I am David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are the, the Theonauts. Theo <laughs> I don't know. I'm feeling really weird today. What'd you do? Did you drink something <laughs> weird? I noticed it like no, all I didn't around you. Drink something Are you sure? Weird. I'm just yeah. making sure. It's that apple pie moonshine that I had this <laughs> afternoon. Yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> apple pie moonshine. <laughs> all right. Anyways, so David, have you had a good week? Yeah, yeah. We, it's uh, been uneventful for really? the, for the most part. Busy with the holidays and. Yeah. And everything like that. I got repairs and stuff around my house. I'm trying to do. I've got, you know, this tons of LP records that <laughs> someone gave me. For those of you who can't <laughs> see in the room, there is a wall of LPs right behind me that David has that he's going through. It's pretty awesome. I haven't yet collated collated them all. There's. <laughs> she told me that there was 400. Well, I cataloged 200, and there's still so much I don't have enough. <laughs> there's at least 600 here. That's awesome. Yeah, I told her that I'd, I'd probably end up selling most of them or giving them away. Yeah. And if I uh, sold them, I'd help her, you know. Awesome. She just wanted to get rid of them. They awesome. were cluttering up her heart. Any uh, special ones like the Beatles' White Album? or N- Nothing so far, except for, you know, I'm using... Uh, discogs.com, which is like a uh, online place where you can uh, put your library, and it also has a marketplace where you can trade and sell. And, right. And um, anyway, the cool thing is you can get this app that ties into it, and all you got to do is put in the catalog number, and bam, it pulls up the album. Oh, that's awesome! And you can be like, okay, I want that. I got that one. Right. So, and it also tells you how many people have it, how many people want it, uh, what it's what the average selling price is on the marketplace and all <laughs> kinds of stuff. And so I have run across a few of them that were crazy. Like a lot of these are really eclectic, right? Like they're Japanese imports or German or Russian imports. Wow. And it's mostly classical music yeah. and Hawaiian music. Cause I, I guess the, the, the guy who used to own it was right. from Hawaii. And right. and so there's all these Hawaiian things. I'm thinking, how am I going to get rid of those? Well, I'll start <laughs> looking, and they've been selling for you know way more than I would have thought. Wow! I found one album on there that looks like it's uh, averaging on eBay for about fifty dollars. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good, man. Of course, it's only worth what people will actually pay for it. Right? Yeah, but that's cool. So, so I'm having fun. Awesome. What, what are you doing? 
Uh, not much. Watching a bunch of uh, Christmas specials, stuffing my face full of fudge, and uh, getting fatter around the holidays. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Did you see the um, Exodus movie yet? I have not seen it. <laughs> I have not seen it yet either. You didn't go and watch it No, that I was supposed to, and then our plans got changed. And then I started <laughs> hearing all these horrid <laughs> reviews. Yeah, I've heard a bunch of bad reviews too. And uh, I, Brendan over at the... Uh, Finding Christ in Cinema podcast. Right. He he put on um, a blog review on uh, their website, and um, he wasn't all that impressed with it. Huh. Um, and it's not just the fact that it's a Christian or it's a biblical movie that the director didn't get right. Right. Although there's some of that in there. It's just more of the fact that this is a bad movie. Really? Yeah. Um, Which is shocking because, I mean, it's Ridley Scott. I know. What? Well, but Ridley Scott's kind of hit and miss oh yeah you know if you think about it i mean he did like i think back to my you know days yeah he did alien right and he did like, blade runner yeah. yeah and then he did legend with tom cruise <laughs> yeah i remember that. <laughs> that's, one of those, that's ooh, a horrible movie Ooh, that brings up a an awesome <laughs> thing that happened to me this week by the way what's that i got my nerd block Right, which is a monthly subscription that my brother-in-law sends me. I open it up and I get a T-shirt and all this. Oh cool yeah, 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 yeah. Memorabilia stuff. Yeah. Well, like it, Loot Crate. Loot another. Crate. Yeah, Loot Crate. It, Nerd Block's the best though, because it's it's just got the most weird stuff. Anyways, <laughs> this is what I got in it: an actual authenticated signed poster of Val Kilmer in Willow. <laughs> wow! Yeah, man, I'm so excited about that. <laughs> you know, Willow gets doesn't get a fair shake, but I liked Willow. I, I thought, loved it. <laughs> Well, now, what's awesome? Val Kilmer. <laughs> Such a great movie. I love Val Kilmer. My favorite. I, I mean, stole the baby <laughs> from the stupid Daikini. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. No, I love Val Kilmer. Like everything he plays, I, I just I love him. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, I love Top Gun. I I even Batman. I even like Batman Forever. I liked it. I, I like. Well, it was better than Batman and Robin. Yeah, way better. And I I think he's a better Batman than uh, uh, the new guy, Christian Bale. That new guy. Well, he's he's Moses now. Oh, Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> that's what's happening. In well, my I'll world. probably still you know watch the movie at some oh, yeah. point, but. Uh, <laughs> he knows. I finally got around to Noah, so that's good. I got a mandate tomorrow to go watch uh, um, the Hobbit, the new one. Oh yeah, so. yeah. I heard that's pretty good. Yeah, it should be fun. So okay, so you have some news? I do. And now the news. Speaking of movies, if you're a North Korean dictator, you uh, won this week. Yes. Congratulations. Kinda. Yeah. Uh. Such a horrible thing. So for any of you who are living under a rock and have not, you know, been watching any news at all, uh, basically there's a movie that, that was supposed to come out this week called The Interview. It was a Seth Rogen movie. Uh, basically the premise was these two guys who are goofy idiots, um, they uh, go and they're going to interview Kim Jong-un, the new guy. <laughs> is it Kim Jong-un? Is yes. that how I'm saying his name correctly? It's correct enough. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, that dude. Uh, and uh, and so the CIA hires them to assassinate him while they're over there interviewing anyways. So uh, North Korea obviously did not like this movie, did not want it <laughs> put out. And so they uh, hacked into Sony's database, stole emails from celebrities, posted those on the web, 
then started making threats, and the worst one was a 9-11 style attack. If the film came out, they would attack the United States in a 9-11 style attack. And um, so Sony decided to pull the plug um, and not show the movie. And they canceled it. They're not going to release it <coughs> at all or anything. So for me, it's a, it's a shocker that, number one, North Korea, another government, has committed uh, illegal acts against <laughs> the United States, yeah. right? In, you know, hacking into databases and stealing things. And they're getting away with it, it seems like right now. Yeah. And uh, and then, you know, we're just letting them walk all over. It's just kind of horrible to me. Like, why are we sharing? Yeah, go figure. Yeah, why are we doing that? So, uh, and then Obama actually came out today. I don't know if you watched the president, uh, his speech I did not. today. But he came out and said that Sony made the wrong move, that they should have uh, released the video, he thinks. Oh. So. Well, you got to look at it from a business standpoint. Oh, yeah. Who's going to go see it with that threat? And not only that, what about the other movies playing in those theaters? Right. See, the theater owners were saying, hey, we're not going to play that. (laughs) So so it wasn't just Sony. I mean, listen, I'm pretty sure that I can walk down to Bonham (laughs) and into a movie theater and watch it. And the North Korean dictator is not going to blow up. Probably. But. You know, you got the big places. Yeah. You know, Dallas, who knows, or whatever. Well, that's true. That's so true. It, it, so it, they didn't want to, like, scare people away. It's you know what I would have done? Chicken, but. If I were Sony, I would have capitalized on this. Mm-hmm. And I would have done underground movie video showings. Ah, uh, yeah. Like at random. Mm-hmm. And then charge double or triple. Well, and the one thing that I was thinking would be really cool. They're already going to take a bath on this. Right. Because if they don't release it, they're not going to make any money. Yeah. Uh, what, why not just give the movie away on the internet? Yeah. Let it let it leak out there. And let it stream out for the world to and, see. And just see, like, okay, so let's see how many homes you can bomb. Right. It's not going to happen. Right. So I was feeling very patriotic because of this story, and I posted the picture on Facebook. Did you see it? <laughs> I guess I did. All right. Well, it's a picture of uh, George Washington slam dunking over oh, Kim yeah. Jong-un. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't see that. I just thought it was awesome. So I had to post that. So check out my Facebook. It's right there, man. Ragamuffin or and, and uh, you know, and laughing at that. that that's funny. awesome. Yeah. Well, you, and what do you think? Uh I honestly don't think the North Koreans have that kind of technology. They don't. I think this is an inside job. Oh yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I think someone at Sony is responsible somehow. I mean, who in North Korea? I mean, no, I thought you were talking about the technology to actually inflict pain. No, which I no, don't no, think no, they no. Do. I'm talking about the ability to do to pull off what to they pull did. off the scam. Yeah, I mean, they're wow. I don't know about that. What kind of resources do they have in North Korea? Rice. I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about, but, <laughs> I don't but still, <laughs> I, I just don't. I, I didn't know that they had that kind of. So a bit of conspiracy theory here, maybe like yeah. they actually. Did this? They, I mean, they've been threatening nuclear attacks on us forever, right? Yeah, and they can't even get a test missile right. to work right. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not too worried about them. Yeah, I'm not worried about North Korea either. It's the, <laughs> they it's, don't even feed their soldiers. It's the science giants that you have to worry about, like China. Yeah, their allies. Ooh, yeah, that's scary to me. Anyways, but yeah, that. Um, let's see. There was another <clears throat> Barnapole done. Uh, this week uh, about the holiday season, mm-hmm. which found that 
uh, they asked a, a couple of different questions. The main question being, uh, the first question they asked is, will you be celebrating the holiday season for religious reasons? Um, and 70% of Americans said yes to that, while 29% of Americans said no. Okay. Um, so, sounds like that's a pretty good... Uh, what holiday will you be celebrating this <coughs> December? What holidays will you be celebrating this December? 91% said Christmas. Actual Christmas. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis Christa. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, Emphasis six, on the Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Christ. Okay. Uh, New Year's, 6% said that. Kwanzaa, 1%. <laughs> 1% for birthdays and anniversaries. 2% for Hanukkah. <laughs> and 1% other, 6% none. This is a really good question. What will make your holiday season fulfilling? 1% said personal happiness. 1% said snow. 1% said peace at home. 1% said good food. I would probably be part of that category. Okay. 6% said good health. 4% financial gain. 2%. 2% said peace. 2%. Mm-hmm. So they'd rather have good food than peace. Anyways. Uh, no, I mean, they'd rather have yeah financial gain than peace. That's what I'm saying. Um, 13% said connecting with God. 72% said time with family. That's the major one. Right. 7% said giving and receiving gifts and 5% vacations and relaxing. 3% said donating or serving to the needy. So <laughs> mostly everybody's That's not bad. conservative family, which is pretty cool. How many? How much percent was Krampus? None. Zero <laughs> percent. He no, got totally, he got the shaft. No Krampus at all. <laughs> so that's interesting. Which, by the way, I, I would like to bring up, if 91% of Americans say that they're going to celebrate Christmas specifically, not Hanukkah, not Kwanzaa, not anything else. Why in the world do we have to say happy holidays? I'm just saying. I'm putting that out there. Well, political just, correctness has nothing to do with numbers. I guess not. But that's it's the that's me. the big thing. The silent majority out there that won't stand up. Yep, that's what it is. Um, and then the one of the interesting ones on on Christmas Day. How likely are you to connect with friends or family you are not with uh, in the following ways? Uh, media has risen up a lot, like Skype. And stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them said, actually, um, most of it's, of course, phone calls. But text messages and Skypes will be the number two and three way that people connect over the holiday season. Um, and then they asked. Phil's millennials, man. Yeah. They're <laughs> rising up. This holiday season, are there some family members you'd actually prefer to connect with virtually instead of in person? <laughs> That's a crazy it's, question. Yeah, if you think about it, it's like, yeah, I don't want that guy coming over. I really don't want Hey, why don't we just keep it to the internet, <laughs> right. buddy? I'll, I'll I, I'm good with a grainy video. <laughs> so your elders said no for the most part. 80% said no. All adults said no, 72%. But millennials said yes, 24%. Gen Xers said yes, 35%. Wow. Uh, versus no, 64%. Baby booners, boomers said yes, 25%. As opposed oh. to no seventy four. See the baby mooners are finally getting into the technology. Yeah, they are. It looks like so. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's a. I thought that was a pretty cool little. Uh, you Seniors, can, what's what's a Skype? <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna dial in Christmas. 
Hold on, you're saying I can connect with them virtually? Wait, I'm I'm <laughs> dialing up now. <laughs> Four. <laughs> no, uh, you can go on to <laughs> barna.org and check that uh that that thing up. And then finally, this actually graced uh the front page this week of the New York Times, and it was a false story. But did you hear that the Pope said that uh, pets can go to heaven? <laughs> no. <laughs> I have to bring the Pope wow. up again. Yes, so it wouldn't be complete. That's if right. We wouldn't if we didn't get something weird out of the Pope. That's right. So I guess this week, during a, a presentation, some people attributed uh, the Pope was saying that that the dogs could go to heaven because there was this boy that came. With his dog who died, and the Pope said, um, paradise is open to all God's creatures. Um, but that is totally false. Actually, that was said by uh, Pope, Fr- uh, not Pope Francis, but Pope Paul, John Paul, okay. back in the day. And then it got attributed. I don't know why everybody is so in love with the Pope that they're attributing everything to anyways. Mm-hmm. Um so, it, I mean, that thing went so viral that it, that was on the New York Times. I thought it was pretty interesting. I read some uh, comments, and I saw this awesome screenshot this week on Reddit of these two churches who were fighting, a Catholic church and a Protestant church. And one of the Catholic church started, it said, all dogs go to heaven on the Catholic sign. And then the Protestant sign, it's like, dogs don't have souls, you know. And then the, the Catholic sign says, come to our church. We baptize cats over here. Your, your dog will go to heaven if you come to our church. And the other one's like, it said, it said, uh, if you want your dog to go to heaven, you might as, yeah, come to our church. <laughs> Yeah, the other one said you might as well say rocks can go to heaven, and then the Catholic Church, all rocks go to heaven. (laughs) Wow, yeah, this is crazy, crazy thing. But uh, anyways, that's what I got for you in the news today. Okay, cool. Hey, okay. So we're going to talk about um, <laughs> the Holy Spirit again. We talked about the Holy Spirit in right. in episode 21, I believe. Um, but we talked about him in terms of who is he, what, what does he do, what's his role in your life. Right. Um, but this time, we're going to get a little sticky. Yeah. Uh, because we're going to talk about what, Jeremiah? Well, we're going to discuss something that's been debated for a long, long time now, and it's something that you know people hotly debate, uh, split denominations over, and everything else. But I think it's a really interesting topic. Um, I just, I, I like to hear people's thoughts on this because I don't think we have a full answer, and it's the debate of cessationists versus continuationists. Okay, so that's a the two big fancy yeah. words that start with C. So tell tell all of us people here in Texas <laughs> what that means. A, a, a sensationalist. <laughs> That's somebody who's sensational. Right. <laughs> no. What's a, a, what is cessationism? Cessationism is the belief that all signs, wonders, um, and many of the the uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, as far as um, prophecies. Tongues, miracles, healings, bringing backs from the dead, those have stopped after the apostolic age or 
after the apostles died off. So they ceased. They ceased to exist. They cessated. They cessated. That's right. <laughs> they ceased to exist. And so, therefore, today you will not find anybody speaking in tongues. You will not, not find anybody um, healing by the power of God. You will not find anybody uh, casting out demons or speaking prophecy, prophetic utterances, or anything else right. that stopped with the <coughs> apostles. That's uh, one side of the coin. On the other side, you have the continuationists, and these are people who believe that there's nowhere that it says in Scripture that these gifts stopped. They were shown in Scripture, and they continue on today. In other words, there are people who uh, have a full range and gamut of the, of the Holy Spirit's gifts, mm-hmm. the giftings of the Holy Spirit that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. Right. Um, the giftings of the Holy Spirit, they have the full range, and uh, there are some that, that have uh, the gift of speaking in tongues, some that have the gift of prophecy, some that have the gift of healing, uh, and they're used today. So, where do... We, as people who desire biblical truth, line up on this issue? Or should we line up on this issue, and how should we go about it? That's what I really wanted to get to today. I called David up on Monday, and I said, hey, dude, I think we ought to... I texted him, actually. I said, hey, dude, I think we ought to talk about cessationism. You sc- what? Texted me? <laughs> yeah, I texted you. And... uh Okay, old timer. But uh, and so we, you know, I didn't get it. <laughs> no, go ahead. So Sorry. we, uh, you know, it's a. Uh, here's the deal. This could go horribly, or it can go awesomely. So, so we're trying to figure out how many listeners we're going to lose this go round. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Is that what um, cool. So this. Well, and the thing that a lot of us have to think about is that. Almost all of us, if you are born and raised in a in a church, you were born and raised with either one or the other of these. Right. It's like there there almost is no real middle ground. That's right. And that's what makes it really hairy. Right. It, it is. It has been a view that has traditionally been divisive, polarizing, polarized the church. Yes. And so you know, we at Theonauts, our heart is in unification and unifying the church. That's that's the goal through I think a lot of what we do, and so uh, with that in mind, <laughs> taking on a topic that is so polarizing. Right. But here's my deal: I really do believe that we can actually find common ground in this topic, and this is why I believe so. Um, I'm a big fan. I am a uh, in my background. Uh, I am a traditional cessationist originally. Okay. Uh, okay, me too. Uh, my background has been one of... Uh, we just lost all of our charismatic listeners. Right. There we go. <laughs> well, my background... Stay is, with us. Listen. <laughs> my background has been the traditional one of, uh, of Jonathan Edwards, Martin Luther, all the other uh, um, highfalutin theologians. Right. Right. And, uh, and so and those are all traditional cessationists. But the other day, this is what rocked me to my core. The other day, I was listening to a sermon by by a guy by the name of John Piper. Yes. Now, if you know anything about John <coughs> Piper, you know that he's a classical Calvinist. Right. And uh, um, although he he he's really steeped in 
theology. Uh, he's man, guy knows his stuff. Um, and he was talking about this argument, mm-hmm. and uh, it was really interesting. This is actually a sermon from 1990 that he was doing. Okay, and it just blew me away. And this is what he did. The first thing he did, and you could hear him. I didn't get to see him, but you could hear him walk over and he set down this gigantic book. Uh, set down this gigantic. <laughs> armful of books on one side of the stage. Boom. You can hear it boom, and he goes, these are all the people who say that the gifts of the Holy Spirit have stopped since the apostolic age. And then he goes over, picks up another thing of books, <laughs> walks over, sits down, boom. He goes, "This is the. these are the people who say that the gifts have continued on through our, our age today. Right. And he goes, here I stand in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was so awesome that that a guy like that could be <clears throat> honest and true to himself and say, "Here I stand in the middle," and mm. not be afraid of right. you know. So, anyways, uh, a lot of what I'm what I have today actually comes from that sermon. Oh, okay. Um, well, I'm just I haven't looked at what you've what you've put together over here yet. So okay, but. Um, just from my experience, like you said, I was I was born and raised in a system that is uh, cessationist, right. pretty much, and um, I got all the proof texts that w- that are used for oh, yeah. it, you know, and that sort of thing. You um, grew up learning how to defend <clears throat> against it, right? And and so, uh, but I, aside from all the arguments, I just want to talk about personal because one of the things here I I, I pulled up. And I think you saw this too. Right. Uh, we we both found a website. Uh, it's thegospelcoalition.org. dot org, sure. and there are two articles on there. One of them is why I am a cessationist, and the other one is why I am a continuationist. <laughs> so, <laughs> two different guys on the same site uh, explaining their and their friends, and so uh, that's kind of one thing I thought was really cool was that they could both stand opposed on this issue and still right. you know cordially deal with one another without a need <laughs> to slap one another around right and so um um i'll say that in my experience um or the reason why i mentioned those guys is because the guy the, the continuationalist his last point in there is uh, he says, finally, although it's technically not a reason or an argument for being a continuationist, continuationalist, <laughs> I cannot ignore experience. The fact is, I've seen all spiritual gifts in operation, tested and confirmed them and experienced them firsthand on countless occasions. Okay, so experience, even though it's not a biblical Right. Reason is powerful. Yes. Because if you experience something, I mean, I know from firsthand experience that the that you can experience things that change your life when it comes to right. spirituality. Um, now, I have not experienced apparently the same things the man who wrote this article did. I have never seen someone lay hands on somebody and bring them back to life. I've never seen someone who was obviously really crippled and for sure not staged or anything like that without a shadow of a doubt. I've never seen somebody take touch them and make that work again. Right. Uh, so 
these type of things I haven't physically seen. So it's hard to wrap your head around it. Yeah. But on the same hand, I've seen miraculous things happen that I that just floored me. Right. Especially working in third world countries and that sort of thing. You see when we went to, to Haiti right after the earthquake and it was all chaos and all this stuff. I saw God working so much. And it was just like one miraculous thing right after another. And so it's like, okay, miracles are happening. Sure. Now it may be happening not necessarily through someone's physical touch or someone's physical, but I can see miracles happening. Right. So that's why I kind of feel a little bit like, I guess what Piper said is that I, I, I don't deny that God is capable of all kinds of miraculous things. I have just never um, been firsthand witness to the types of things that we're going to be talking about, like uh, a gift that you personally have to do one of these miraculous things. Right. So, um, And I would have to say, uh, although I agree with that, I have to look and I have to, <laughs> I have to go, uh, frankly speaking, in the news, nothing has been reported of somebody being brought back to life. Correct. Right? Which is something that did happen during the, the ministry of the apostles and, mm-hmm. and some other things like that. So you have to be very wary. Well, with experience, you have to test, always be a Berean. You have to bring it back to Scripture and always test it. Um, but you're exactly right. Experience is, uh, you know, it's something that we cannot discount. Right. We have to look at that and see. So... Anyways, uh, Piper actually brings out five points on either side. He goes five points for and five points against, and I love these points. Okay, so I thought I'd I'd, well, I'd bring them out, lay them out there. All right, here we go. The very first one, and now we're we're gonna start with the five points against for, or five points for cessationists. In other words, five points why. Okay. The uh, gifts stop. You bunch of holy rollers. <laughs> with the apostles. <laughs> here we go. The bunch of holy rollers. Here we go. <clears throat> Number one, uh, the book of Acts is John Piper's first <laughs> argument against. And basically, this is what he says. In the book of Acts, it looks like Luke, the author, means for us to see signs and wonders not as common occurrence among Christians in general, but as a special min- uh, ministry of the apostolic group. In Acts 2.22, Luke reminds us, that signs and wonders were an important part of Jesus' ministry. Mm-hmm. This is what he says. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and the signs which God did through him. In other words, the reason for the signs and wonders in the book of Acts were simply to attest to the truthfulness or the the, the power of the gospel. Okay. okay? Um, in through the the apostles. It was meant for that period alone to do that. Acts 2.43, and he has a slew of these. I'll just read. Acts 2.43, fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles, uh, not through the Christians in general, through the apostles, period. That's what it says. Okay. Wait a minute. He says that in Acts? Acts 2.43. Okay. Because well, because we don't we have many miracles by people other than apostles. Well, yeah, we're going to get to that in just a uh, second. Okay. That's on the other side. Okay. <laughs> this is one of the arguments for the cessationists. They say it was only really the uh, 
although miracles happen through other or through people beside the apostles, mm-hmm. uh, the specific ones of, of the uh, healing or the the raising of the dead, and then the prophecy only happened through the apostles. Okay, is what he's arguing. Okay, um, Acts five twelve. Now many signs and wonders were done among the people by the hands of the apostles. Um, Acts 14.3, so they, which is Paul and Barnabas, remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Wait a minute. By their hands, Barnabas was not an apostle. Exactly. <laughs> We're going to get to that in a second. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm not seeing his argument, as I guess is what I'm saying. Basically, what he's saying is, um, and, and what I guess Barnabas was an apostle, but he was with Paul. So the, the meaning, <laughs> what he's trying to say is... I got you. Through I, the apostle... I got you. Yeah. You're in my territorial bubble, so you you, you just kind of... You're guilty by association. But what, I, what I'm trying to say is... Um, well, let's look it up. <laughs> Acts 15, sorry. Uh, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that uh, because he was with Paul, the signs and wonders were done. If Barnabas would have been by himself. What, what verse are we talking about? Um, Acts four, sorry, Acts fourteen three. Fourteen three. Yeah. It says here, Paul and Barnabas stayed in Iconium. Of course, I mean, I'm reading in the NCV. Uh, a long time and spoke bravely for the Lord. He showed that their message about His grace was true by giving them the power to work miracles and signs. Right. So the. Uh, the purpose again, number one, the purpose was to show the gospel. Okay, okay, to deliver the, the gospel, um, and it was done through the apostles. Acts fifteen twelve, uh, and all the assembly kept silence, and they listened to Barnabas and Paul as they related what signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles, as though this were something remarkable, not something being done daily by average Christians. In other words, right, it was uh, special thing. It was a special thing. Okay. So, in other words, it looks like Luke intends for us to see signs and wonders uh, in the book of Acts as having a special role in the ministry of the apostles as they're delivering the message of Christ. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> now, is he going to argue against that point? He will later. Okay. Again, five reasons why, five reasons why not. Right. Okay. I was just wondering if they mapped out, like, Kind of and kind of not. Uh, it's okay. It you know this one is debatable because of course there were other like Stephen right did, right did signs and wonders right and and Philip seemed to move supernaturally right and yeah stuff like that and those they weren't apostles uh, you know according to the scripture so right well and plus you had like all the the. Gentiles that were converted with right. Cornelius speaking in tongues, whatever that means. It was ob- right. it was obviously And we're gonna get to s- tongues in a second. I want to talk about But either way, I mean the definition there. It is a, a miraculous thing wh- wh- whether it is unintelligible or whether it is intelligible. Exactly. But it's a really important we'll get to that in a second. You're okay, totally I'm t- gonna <laughs> sorry de- derail my whole thing, man. <laughs> Thanks. No, okay, here we go. Um <laughs> Number two, Second Corinthians twelve two or twelve twelve. Turn turn with me there. Okay. Second Corinthians twelve and verse twelve. It says, "When I was with you, I patiently did the things that prove I am an apostle." 
signs, wonders, and miracles. Right. Okay. Okay. Now, a cessationist believes that this is, of course, this is Paul talking here, by the way, right. arguing <clears throat> for his apostleship, the proof of his apostleship. Uh, the proof is in the pudding. And right. the pudding was signs, wonders, miracles. In other words, he was using those as his proof of apostleship. Um, so it stands to reason then, if Paul is using signs, wonders, and miracles as his proof of apostleship, then uh, other people who are not apostles should not be able to do signs, wonders, and miracles. Yeah, but that logic isn't isn't completely sound because he could have very well meant. Uh, I mean, he could have very well said disciple or whatever. He's not like excluding one because he uses the other. Like someone, like he could have said, "I prove that I'm a disciple because I did signs and wonders." And does that does that make sense? That just because he included it doesn't mean he's di- he's not including others. I think what he's trying to say is, I'm not a false prophet because chapter twelve, he's doing this whole thing about arguing about the false prophets that were in Corinth and and um, trying to show why he was right and they're wrong. So, right, because a false prophet wouldn't be able to do... Right, wouldn't be able to do, because a false prophet wouldn't be of God. Right. Um, but I don't know. I'm just poking holes in every argument you make, so go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, Romans fifteen nineteen. by the power of the miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's Spirit, as a result, I have fully proclaimed the good news about the Messiah from Jerusalem all the way to... to uh, all the way around, I... I uh, I Elysium. Uh, so I Elysium. I can't ever say that word right. Elysium. Elysium. Thank you, Elysium. So basically, what um, the argument though is, uh, Paul is confirming his apostleship on the foundation gotcha. of signs and wonders. Okay. Yeah, I follow it. So if you know what, what else foundation can you affirm your apostleship if there are others walking around who are Christians? Right. But uh, non-apostles in, in doing these signs and wonders, what makes you have more authority than them as an apostle? Right. Well, the simple fact that we know for a fact that others besides apostles did do miraculous things, that's where I'm, that's where I'm coming from. It doesn't necessarily separate between apostle and disciple because we have actual evidence of disciples who weren't apostles doing it. Right, but again, my argument would be then where in the world, I mean, what's the difference? Between an apostle and a disciple? Yeah. Apostles are chosen out from the disciples are... are so what's the mark of their apostleship? I mean, like what else could he use besides miracles? Exactly. God picked me. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's that's the argument right there. Uh, anyways, okay, uh, continue on. Hebrews chapter two, verse four. Okay. Sorry, I'm a little slow here. I am too. I'm okay. Trying to look at it. God also testified to the truth of the message by using wonders, great signs, many kinds of miracles, and by giving people gifts through the Holy Spirit, just as He wanted. Okay, so um, Hebrew two four looks back at the time when the apostles brought the gospel to uh, the people and says it was declared at first by the Lord and then it was attested to us by those who heard him. 
who are the ones who heard him? The apostles, right? While God was born witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his own will. Um, it looks like these miracles were not an everyday occurrence in the church, but something the church looked back on as a very special time when the eyewitnesses of the Lord first brought the gospel. That's the argument here. So in other words, the signs and wonders were for a specific reason, the authentication, mm-hmm. and it always goes back to this argument, the authentication of the gospel. That was the reason for the signs and wonders. Um, that being fulfilled, the authentication of the gospel being fulfilled, especially uh, with Scripture being canonized, there's there's no reason for signs and wonders anymore. Okay, um, But the last one, and this kind of goes along with it, this actually isn't the last one that, that Piper uses. Um, second to last, he says, basically, the uniqueness of Jesus' ministry. In other words... Um, there's a time when Jesus says in Matthew 10, verses 7 through 8, Jesus commands the 12 disciples. He says, uh, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Um, so uh, heal the sick and, and do all this stuff, right? Uh, then two verses earlier, Jesus says, go nowhere among the Gentiles but enter, uh, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this was a command that Jesus gave the 12. Okay. Now, would you say that that command stopped? Yes. Yeah. Obviously that <laughs> command stopped. In other words, yeah. Jesus wanted that for, for a season, that command to be for a season, but not for all time. In other words, he, he actually, uh, he stops it. Uh, there was a limit to it. Uh, and later on he commands that we go and tell everybody. In other words, there's a specific purpose for that, um, and Jesus gives a specific purpose for the other. Now, that that's a very weak argument. I don't like it at all, but yeah. uh, the biggest argument I have... Okay, wait a minute. So is that all of Piper's arguments? Those are all. I'm going to let you... Because I was fixing to say, that's weak. Uh, it's very weak. I know. But I have one more. <laughs> Hold on. There's no parallel in church history. In other words, if we look back through the annals of church history... Okay. Apart from the time of the apostles, we do not see any parallels of the magnitude of what happened recorded in, Correct. in Scripture. There's no parallel of anybody being raised from the dead like there was during this time. Actually, of any tongues. In fact, uh, the whole the whole idea of speaking in tongues seems to have completely vanished. Mm-hmm. all the way through church history, all the way up until 100 years ago with a new doctrine. Uh, uh, during one of the Great Awakenings. Right. Third Great Awakening, I think. Right, where they brought on the idea that you had to be bathed in the Holy Spirit. The signification of that was speaking in tongues, and they invented yeah. this whole Babel thing. Well, except for there are a lot of Catholic legends and stuff that we don't... I mean, we can't authenticate them, obviously. Right. But uh, there's, you know, a lot... Like even we talked about Saint Nicholas in the last episode. Yeah. There's a, there's even a miraculous thing that supposedly happened with him because he punched Irenaeus, uh, no Arius in the in the face and got thrown in in jail uh-huh. and got stripped of his uh, title of bishop, and uh, 
but see, it's like whenever in the morning or whatever, his um, the little cloth I forget what they call it that they wear to to signify that they're a bishop uh, was on him when he woke up the next morning or whatever. Huh. And so it's like, oh, God wants him to be a bishop. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of different, like, okay, so St. Francis had the stigmata. Right, right, I right. Mean, so, I mean, there's all this stuff. We can't we can't verify any of it. Right. But it, at least somebody believes it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there are people that believe all this stuff happened. Um, okay, so skip forward to modern times. Right. Have you seen anything of the magnitude no, of the apostles? No, no, nothing like that. Nothing, and so that's why that's the number one argument for me. That's the number one. And argument I think, and I think that's the, I think that's one of the strongest arguments. Um, you know, I was looking at this 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 article that the guy. Um, yeah, I, I can't find his name on here, but uh, oh, Thomas Schrainer. Um <laughs> Okay, I don't know, um, <laughs> but but anyway, he, he Schreiner. He makes some good, um, some 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 fairly decent arguments. One of the big ones is that um, he he talks about the apostles, um, and kind of goes in the same vein that the people around the apostles could still do it. I mean, that right there were still miraculous things given by the apostles to disciples for the same purpose that the apostles were doing, but that the apostles were kind of the hub of the gifts. Right. And, and, um, he makes the point that we are built on the foundation of the apostles. And he's, he quotes Ephesians two verse 20, where, um, Paul says, you are like a building that was built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus is the most important stone in that building, the chief, chief cornerstone. So, um, so what he's saying is, what the apostles did is enough. Okay. And then he makes note that when the apostles, uh, after the day of Pentecost, after the apostles started dying, they were never replaced. Like it, like, you know, Matthias was, was replacing Jews. Correct. So, um, but when James died, he was the first one to go. Right. They didn't sit down and have another council and say, Oh, let's cast lots for the next guy. Yeah. (laughs) They didn't do it. And so his point was they weren't meant to carry on. It, they Their office was uh, a short time. And in 1 Corinthians um, 12, 28. Yeah, where it talks about um, that was a gift. Apostleship was a gift. Right. And that definitely uh, ceased. ceased. Mm-hmm. So he was saying where one gift can cease, others may cease. Right. And this is where it gets really iffy and hairy because in that list you have <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Oh yeah. Right? Tons. You've got prophecy. Yeah. You've got uh you got prophets and teachers. Well, teachers are still here. Right. And you've got pastors. Pastors. Okay. Uh and so I mean the not all the gifts are gone. Right. And so but the point is that and some of them fact, are for we know for a fact that the apostles are gone. Right. And in fact, I mean, during this time, what do you have? You have a bunch of Christians practicing uh, gifts. Right. And and his one of the things that he also leans on is the gift of prophecy. Yeah. Most people don't interpret um, that the gift of prophecy, as it was during this time frame, is still occurring. Now, people have redefined what prophecy is. 
And a lot of the continuationists will say, well, prophecy still continues, but it's not it's, the same thing. It's not prophetic. Right. <laughs> so it's something it's vision casting, right, something it's, totally it's, different. It's something, so, something different. But, right. but his point being prophecy ceased with some time during this time frame right. because no one's really claiming to be getting a vision from God and it is superseding scripture or it is adding to scripture. So anyway, that's to me, that's a pretty good point that, uh, okay, if the gift of prophecy can cease as at least as it was defined back right. then, then other gifts could cease, uh, as well. Um, so, and then of course, um, it, it, were you going to dive into the tongues thing? I am in a minute, but okay. I wanted to give the first or the five reasons why, and then jump really just go through First Corinthians thir- uh, twelve and then fourteen, because that's a uh, I mean that's where we get a lot of our our questions today. The charismatic <coughs> movement is what I really wanted to kind of kind of touch on a little right. bit about the tongues, okay, uh, and and our understanding versus what it really meant. Mm-hmm. Back then, so uh, all right. So the five reasons why signs is one signs and wonders are to be pursued today. In other words, five reasons why uh, continuation. Um, well, hang on, hang on one second before you okay, move go on. Um, I want to read this right quick that this that this guy said uh, about this because he considers that prophecy thing his biggest point. Okay, uh, he says the most significant biblical argument against what I'm saying is the claim that New Testament prophecy differs from Old Testament prophecy. For some say Old Testament prophecy is flawless, but New Testament prophecy is mixed with error. But the idea that New Testament prophets could make mistakes isn't persuasive for several reasons. Reasons: One, the burden of proof is on those who say prophecy in the New Testament is of a different nature than prophecy in the Old Testament. Prophets in the Old Testament were only considered prophets of God if they were infallible, according to Deuteronomy 18, 15 to 22. And the same is almost certainly true in the New Testament. The admonition to judge prophecies instead of prophets, uh, which is in 1 Corinthians 14 and 1 Thessalonians 5, is often um, adduced to show that the gift is different in the New Testament, but this argument's not convincing for the only way to judge prophets in both testaments is by their prophecies. So if the prophecy comes true, they're a prophet. If the prophecy doesn't come true, they're a false prophet. They're a false prophet. Right. And so um, so his point here is that we obviously don't have Daniel's, Jonah's, uh, these guys. Right. Walking around. <laughs> use guys, mayhems. We don't have any of these guys today uh, making these infallible prophecies. Okay. So his point is this thing died. Right. So why, why would uh, this be the only thing that died? That's, that's kind of what he's leveraging. So, okay. So apostleship dies, prophecies, according to him, die. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that or not, but it's a really interesting argument. I think, uh, um, Part of me wonders if we're not squelching it a bit. <laughs> squelching? How? Prof- prophetic utterances. Like, uh, I don't know. I guess I grew up in a in such an environment where that kind of stuff was just nutballish. Does right. that make sense? Well, and I think most everybody would bl- would say that. Right. Um, Except for people who, like, grew up in, I don't know, the charismatic movement. But, but but they don't see prophecy as the same as Old Testament kind prophecy. Kind of. That's kind of what he's but saying. Some others do. I mean, they 
they said, you know, they they prophesy, you know, this is going to happen to you, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I I don't know how much of that is vision versus prophecy. Yeah. Um. And actually, uh, what's but his point is, if it didn't happen, then they then would, it's then false. They, then they would be considered yep. a false prophet. I understand. But that. today's movement does not consider them a false prophet if they're wrong, because it could be an utterance from from the spirit and then something changed. Right. And so it's like they're not <laughs> held to the same standards. You can't you, you can't nail jello to a wall. Right, right. So <laughs> so what he's saying is that the prophecy is not the same thing it was then. Right. That's that's bull. There's nothing in the New Testament that would give us that understanding really. Right. Okay. All right. So um so arguments that yeah. Piper makes for Right. Okay. Continuationist. Okay. The first thing is the continuity between Jesus's ministry and the church. Um, Jesus seems to teach a uh, con- uh, continuity between his own ministry and the ongoing ministry of the church. As the Father sent me, I also send you. John twenty twenty one. Uh, Luke nine two says that when Jesus sent out the twelve, he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal. And Luke ten nine, when he sent out the seventy, he commanded them. Whenever you enter a town, heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come uh, near you. Okay. And those 70, by the way, were not apostles. Mm-hmm. Um, so the preaching of the kingdom seems to be very closely linked with the ministry of healing. Right. Okay. And can I make an argument? Yeah, then? go ahead. Okay. Because I'm just sitting over here playing devil's advocate on both go sides. Go ahead. <laughs> it's fun. So um, the when you go to a third world country that does not have standards of me- of medical care right right and you have someone a child dying from something like malaria yeah you can bring medication and heal that child exactly and it's miraculous to the child it's right. miraculous to the people that live there exactly it's a miracle sure it's doesn't mean that you have to have a power surging through your body that reaches into the child and pulls the malaria out. Right. So uh, I guess my point there is we can still do that without supernatural gifts as, as we have commonly yeah. categorized. Well, that's a good point. But uh, his argument is Matthew 24, 14, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And then the end will come. Um, and then he didn't change anything. He, he actually tells us to continue doing that. John fourteen twelve, truly I say to you, he who believes in me will also do the works that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever this means in detail, uh, <laughs> it surely means something that suggests continu- continuity right. between the signs and wonders that Jesus and his ministry did and uh, those who believed, not just the apostles. So the first piece of evidence that Jesus seems to teach is a continuity between his ministry and the ministry of the church. Um, and uh, what you were saying is absolutely true, and that's one of my, uh, actually one of my arguments for, I guess the reason of the continuance, actually, of, of these these gifts. Uh, in other words, I believe that if there is, and we see more miraculous things happening in third world countries right now mm-hmm. than anywhere else on the earth currently, you right. can go and look this up. There, there are miracle signs being performed all the time in third world countries. Why is that? I believe it's because they don't have the proper medical supplies and the proper, you know, 
things that we have. Yeah. And so God is working in signs and wonders there while he's working here in science and medicine. Right, right. And but but uh, to add to that, and I'm, and once again, I have witnessed things that cannot be explained. And sure. I'm not just talking about, you know, like the Exodus movie did with the crocodiles created the red, the, the blood <laughs> in the river. Yeah, and, I heard about that. Right? <laughs> There's some chain of events. I mean, I'm not talking about God using natural things to do all the miracles, because I've seen and heard things that it's like, wow, I can't, I can't explain it. Okay, but uh, on the other hand, I think sometimes this is my biggest problem with the continuationists that that uh, is is when they take it and they make it too important. Oh yeah, it's too big of a thing. And we'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, okay, okay, we're gonna get there. Okay, gotcha. All so, right. but but I guess what on this point? Yes. The the thing that that I was thinking of whenever you're whenever you're talking about that about how we can do miracles just in different ways. Yeah. Is that we need to be focusing on the heart of what Jesus was saying. Mm-hmm. He wasn't saying, go touch people's eyes and make the blind see. What he was saying is, love people like I do. Do the things I'm doing. In other words, help people. You will do the same works that I do. Right. What am I doing? It, I'm loving It doesn't mean that we have to get to the nitty-gritty and, and look at the bark on the tree. We should look at the forest of what Jesus is talking Amen. about. Amen. That's good. All right. Um, so, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, okay. but uh, let's Let's keep going here. Um, number the second reason why uh, signs and wonders are done in Scripture by non-apostles okay. all the time. Uh, and we can look at that. Uh, Stephen in a- Acts 6, 8, full of grace and power, did wonders and signs. Um, Philip and Stephen in Acts 6, 5. Uh, you can go on Galatians 3, 5. Uh, Paul actually says, uh, does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by the works of the law or by the hearing uh, with faith. In other words, he's making right. a case of faith versus the law, but he, he's pointing out miracles here. Mm-hmm. And he's saying the Holy Spirit is allowing miracles to happen among you. So if you have the Holy Spirit, miracles are happening. Um, and these are these are Galatians, not apostles, okay? These, right. these are actually... Uh, um, a whole bunch Judaistic of, uh, Christians too. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and miracles are happening there. Um, the fourth piece of evidence, First Corinthians twelve, Paul teaches that in the church there were gifts of healing and miracles for various believers, not just uh, the apostles. He says in verse seven through twelve, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another, healing. To another, working miracles. Then in verse 28, he distinguishes this from the apostolate when he says, God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing. So it seems pretty clear that there were gifts of healing and miracles that were not limited to the apostles. Okay. Why else would he have listed apostles? So he's tearing from... down the straw man he built long ago. Exactly. <laughs> That's what he's doing. Right. So... uh so, in other words, here here we line up. Now, here's here's the big argument for me. Okay, um, it, now, is that all pipers? That's pretty much okay. It, um, but here's the here's the big thing for me uh, as far as cessationist versus continuationist. I would have to say that looking at scriptural evidence, I do not see enough scriptural evidence. I ha- I would have to say 
I don't see enough scriptural evidence for cessationists. I don't see enough because there's nowhere in scripture that says that anything ceased. Right. But times change. And what I do see as evidence um, is the purpose behind the gifts against uh, continuationist, <laughs> specifically against um, charis- the charismatic movement. And the reason I say that is because they put so much emphasis on the gift right. that they missed the whole purpose of the gifts. And the first place I'd like to go is languages or as speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. Okay. Well, and, to, and because they, they take it to the point to where many of them say, unless you're doing this, you're not truly saved. Right. You, you've not experienced the power of the Holy Spirit if you're not speaking in tongues. Right. If you're not uttering in the Spirit uh, or speaking in tongues, you're not. Now, I would argue, and I would believe I'm scripturally correct, and you would have to fight me tooth and nail on this, I would argue <laughs> that there's, there, is, there are a lot of people that say there's two different types of speaking in tongues in Scripture. There's a one that's actually different languages, and you see that in right, the... Right, right. You see that... Day of Pentecost. Pentecost. Uh, but there's another one in First Corinthians twelve that, or in First Corinthians fourteen, that uh, twelve and fourteen, that's you know spiritual utterances and they're unintelligible. Right. And I would have to argue that the very word tongues in every single one of these aspects mm-hmm. does n- never means in unintelligible speak speech. It always means it always denotes. And I'm looking up the actual word. Hold on, I had it and then I, <laughs> I lost it. Um, Another okay, so um, let's okay. Why why you're you're finding that? Found it. Okay, okay, go ahead. The word tongues, glossa, G L O S S A. In our word is Greek. Uh, the first meaning, of course, is the tongue. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the literal <clears throat> thing. But the actual uh, implication in in this scripture and in every other scripture. Uh, means a language, right? An intelligible language, not an intelligible language, a language with nouns and verbs and pronouns and adjectives and adverbs, and it means something. It always means something, right? It's not babblings. <clears throat> it's never babblings in scripture. It's always the same word, glossa, and it means an intelligible language. Um, now. It may be an unintelligible language to you and me, right? Like if, if you're speaking Swahili, I'm not gonna know what you're saying, <laughs> right? You're gonna be—I don't even know that's a language. What are you saying? You're right. You're gonna right. be clicking and whatever, and I—I don't—I don't get that, <laughs> right? Um, and this is why Paul specifically uh, talks about now in First Corinthians 12, he breaks down the gifts of the Spirit, but in First Corinthians 14, he's kind of railing against the Corinthians who are using this quote unquote gift mm-hmm. uh, and they're trying to show how cool they are. Right. They're, by they're overly it. focused on it, which is kind of what exactly we see too much of in some of these cases Right, is people overemphasizing it, which was the whole point of chapters 12, 13 and 14. Right. He's, if we read the narrative, instead of looking at the little verses, if we look at the narrative, the whole thing is that love is a greater gift than any of these. So quit getting so hung up right. on the miraculous things. Exactly. And instead be focused on 
the gift of love because it is everlasting That's and will right. outlast everything. Yeah. So, okay, with that in mind, yeah. First uh, Corinthians thirteen, yes, verse one uh-huh. says, "I may speak in different languages of people or even angels, but if I, <laughs> but if I do not have love." I am only a noisy bell or a crashing cymbal. Right. Okay. So uh, h- how do you... Interpret that? Yeah, how do you interpret that? There's a specific language that I believe that angels speak, <laughs> but I don't believe, and it never says that that people speak in this. Right. Okay? Um, so I don't believe that anybody speaks in this today at all. I really don't. Uh, I don't see any evidence for it. At all, and right. if somebody's going, who told my boat I told my Honda, and saying that's a you know saying that's a that's a language of the angels, I would probably go no, I, I don't think you really get it at all. <laughs> You're gonna get so many. I know. <laughs> we want you. We want your feedback. <laughs> we do, and I am I'm open to hearing what you have to say about this. Okay, but uh, but I would argue that that that. One little, and that's the only little piece right, in all of right. scripture that we see that might be something otherworldly, but it still means language. Here's my take on it. Yeah. Um, we have to also, when we read the Bible, part of our hermeneutics is to understand figures of speech and things of this nature that are being used. Word. This is an exact, this is, this is hyperbole. That he is using, yeah. right? Where you right. make an exaggeration. Even in, if I talk in tongues. Right. Yeah. You make this huge exaggeration in order right. to make a point. So he says, even if I can speak in other languages. And then he's like, even if it was some language you didn't even know, like some angelic language. So, right. he, so he's making this huge hyperbole. And how we know it, he's doing this is because if we continue on in the next verse, he says, I may have the gift of prophecy. I may understand all the secret things of God and have all, all knowledge. Yeah. And I may have faith so great I can move mountains. But even with all these things, if I do not have love, then I am nothing. He's, he's making a hyperbole here because, right. he, because he says nobody is claiming we can move mountains today because Paul said he could. Right. Okay, because Paul was making a hyperbole. Right. No one is claiming that they know all the secrets of God yeah, because Paul said that he might could that he might could in this hyperbole. So my point is, this is not a proof text that we are we have this capability simply because there's a figure of speech at work, right? That that is lending itself to his point, and his point is that love is greater than any of it, right? So if we're going to lean on one and say it's the most important gift, and every Christian must do it in order to to signify the the residence of the Holy Spirit. Then we're we're delegating love to a lower place. Amen. And not only that, you know, even even inside of love, if we if we even rank them after love, mm-hmm. like love number one, I mean, tongues would be ranked below. Obviously, prophecy in First Corinthians fourteen, right here, right. Uh, pursue love and the desire of the spiritual gifts, and above all that, uh, and above all that, you may prophesy. For a person who speaks in another language. That's my def- that's my verbiage right there for uh, tongues. I always use another language because it's it's all tricked right there in that word. Right. Um, for even if one speaks in another language, 
is not speaking to men, but of God, since no one understands him. However, he speaks mysteries in the spirit. Now, here's this. Verse 2, this whole mysteries in the spirit thing. Right. Right. Well, I've heard people use this as an argument. Well, this right here is an unintelligible language because they're speaking mysteries in the spirit. But let me ask you this. Let's say that you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden you start speaking Swahili. Mm-hmm. Okay? You don't know that language. You've never used it before, but filled with the Holy Spirit, you start talking Swahili. <laughs> okay? You're, whatever you're saying is uttered to God, because he's the only one in the room right now that can understand that. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's a mystery in the Spirit. Right. It doesn't right. mean that it still fits. It's yeah. It doesn't mean that it's an otherworldly language mm-hmm. or an otherworldly utterance. It means it's a it's a mystery, and that's why he goes on. And he says uh, that it's better to have a person interpret. In other words, an interpreter there, right? So that we can understand what you're saying. So it's for the benefit of everybody, everybody. And then he goes on to talk about how uh, the person who speaks in another language builds himself up, but the purpose person who prophesies builds up the church right right right. so in other words this can be a puffing up thing right but a person who's prophesying you know or doing something that's beneficial for the church puffs the entire church up it's not Mm -hmm. a it's not look at me look at me check out what i can say And, and the hardest the hardest part about an argument against that is people like like um this uh, this guy Sam Storms that yeah. we were reading from all ago when he says why I am a continua- continuationalist he actually you haven't read from him yet oh I, I will yeah uh, he is um, he said that the main reason why I was because or that one of his reasons was because of experience okay right. if someone is speaking in an unknown tongue and this is an experience that will change their life right. right? So it's really hard to tell someone like that, no, you're just making that up. <laughs> so <laughs> so that makes that's why I think this is so polarizing. Right. It is because you can't... It either makes you a liar. Right, you can't take people's experiences away from them. Because, right. I mean, I believe there are people, honestly... I mean, I personally don't believe in unintelligible speak as in an unintelligible language that nobody understands. Right. But there are plenty of people that do yeah. and they've experienced it and whether or not that's a figment of their imagination or what, I cannot say that because I've not been in their head and I, I wasn't there. Right. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's hard to make an argument it's against witchy, someone yeah. who has experienced something like that. Right. But one of the, a couple of other things that this guy mentions here, which are good arguments is he's, he says, first off, the burden of proof is on the cessationalist. He says, because like you said, there are no scriptural evidences Right. That says it's stopped. Right. Or it's going to stop. It doesn't come right out and say that. So the burden of proof is then on the right. cessationist. And which is a good point. And so which means the evidence against miraculous things has to be greater than probably what it currently has been. Right. Um can I say something against this uh experience thing yeah. just real quick? Yeah. Something I'm I'm thinking of. We can experience evil as much as we experience good and evil 
many times disguises itself. I agree. In the form of good in order to trick us mm-hmm. and to make us, you know, really. But convincing somebody oh, that yeah. what they experienced was an evil influence. <laughs> That's right. Is yeah, a totally different story. Yeah. Like one of my friends is talking, he was talking to a guy who was like, dude, I just felt it, you know, and, and I, I saw this 80 year old lady just jump up and start running across the back of the pew. Right. Right. And my friend's like, well, that doesn't sound like God to me. That sounds like, somebody else (laughs) and you know that's just a little i'll I'll throw that out there but yeah anyways well one of the things that he mentions is this argument that uh signs and wonders were um certain spiritual gifts served only to confirm or authenticate the original company of, of apostles and that when apostles passed away so did the gifts the fact is that no biblical text ever says signs and wonders or spiritual gifts of a particular sort authenticated the apostles. Of course, I guess he even listed the second Corinthians 12 one Um, Hmm. signs and wonders authenticated Jesus and the apostolic message about him. If signs and wonders were designed exclusively to authenticate apostles, we have no explanation why non apostolic believers such as Philip and Stephen were empowered to perform them. And he also makes um, the point that uh, the word of God needs to be convincing to people today as much as it was right. then. Um, and just because you can read it in the Bible doesn't make people automatically go, oh, okay, it's in the book. Right. So he's, his point is they still serve that same purpose. That's right. And um, so the, the, there's one verse here that I want to cover. Uh, it's in 1 Corinthians 13 too, because I find it very interesting that this text is used <laughs> on both camps. It's used in both sides. Yeah. Um, now, the guy that wrote the cessationist uh, blog here, he actually kind of discounted it, saying um, he doesn't believe what the, the the continuationalists believe on it, yeah. but he didn't say what he believed on it. Okay, so I want to read it. It's 1 Corinthians 13, uh, whenever he's talking about love, and then he ends this thought, in ch- beginning in verse 8, he says, Love never ends. I'm still reading from the NCB. There are gifts of prophecy but they will be ended. There are gifts of speaking in different languages, but those gifts will stop. There is the (laughs) gift of knowledge, but it will come to an end. The reason is that our knowledge and our ability to prophesy are not perfect. But when perfection comes, the things that are not perfect will end. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I stopped those childish ways It is the same with us. Now we see a dim reflection as if we were looking into a mirror, but then we shall see clearly. Now I know only a part, but then I will know fully as God has known me. So these three things continue forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. So this has been a very much debated passage of Scripture for years because it's so enigmatic. 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 Now, I can't talk either. Okay, so... It, it's really funny to me how theologians debate this while we have it in marriages all the time. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you've got this 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 whole thing. Okay, now the continuationists... Continuationalists... <laughs> now I'm speaking... Whoa, in, he's speaking in I'm tongues. I'm speaking in tongues. Watch out. Okay, so... <laughs> what the continuationist says about this passage yeah. is that that which perfect when that which is perfect is come the things that are not perfect will pass away okay they what they're saying is perfection is the second coming of Jesus Christ our right. our glorification 
I personally believe that is a correct interpretation of what that is perfect means. Okay. Okay. Um, so what his what their point is, it says that all of this will end in the second coming. So therefore, it all is continuing. Hmm. That's their whole point with these with the scripture. And also another argument here is that it says prophecy will end, tongues will end, um, knowledge will end. And so they always ask, "Well, are you trying to tell us that knowledge, knowledge has ended?" Has ended? Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so those are the continuationist points on this passage. However, the cessationist point on this is something totally different. It all depends on what you determine as perfection. Right. So when that which is perfect is come, things that are not perfect will be done away with. How I was always raised to believe what this passage meant was that this word perfect also means complete. Right. Okay. In fact, it's probably a little better translated as complete. Yeah. Um, so he's not talking about second coming. No, no, no. He's talking about, he's talking about the collection of the canon of scripture. The, of the scripture. That's right. Yeah. That's what so, I've always been. So once, once that is, co- is collected, right. All these other things will be done away with. Okay. Um, which I understand yeah. that interpretation and it makes, it, it makes sense. It fits. But once again, you still got the argument. Also knowledge passed away once the scriptures were collated. <laughs> well, and I'll, I'll hear somebody say, no, extra biblical knowledge passed away. In other words, if it's not in Scripture, we can't know it. Yeah, but that's not what it says. Well, when knowledge <laughs> passes away... Well, the gift of knowledge. Yeah. So, so people who write. Yeah. I don't know. This is my <laughs> argument. Okay, Play I got devil, you. Devil's gotcha, advocate gotcha. there. Okay, well, but I tend to think that it makes more sense in... I don't know what it means in references to <laughs> gifts. Right. Okay. But to me, it makes more sense in reference to the context of the passage yeah. that he is indeed talking about the second, coming, the second coming. And the reason why is because of the continuing thought. He says, we will see ourselves differently. We were, well, we're children at this point. And at some point, we're going to become mature. And right. This, to me, is... Uh, what we often call sanctification. Sure. Okay. When we will become glorified at some point and it may not be the second coming. It may be a glorification when, right. you know, when we die or whatever, but when we are glorified, that's when, then these things will cease. Right. But love will continue. And then he continues for now. I see indistinctly or dimly in a mirror, uh, then face to face. We're not seeing face to face yet. We're seeing dimly in the mirror still. Correct, correct. Um, now I know in part, we're still in we part. We still know in part because we we're having fully. this discussion. That's right. If we knew clearly, right. we would. there would be no debate. Right. right. Then I will know <laughs> fully as I am fully known. Right. And so that, that to me, this, is a, this verse tells us we don't know all the answers. Right. And we never will until right. that which is perfect has come. And I, I personally discount the belief that this is talking about the collation of the canon of Scripture. There's just not enough evidence to, to make that pick. To me, it would have said something about Scripture here. Yeah. And it really doesn't say anything. I mean, it doesn't even... You're just throwing Scripture into this whole thing. Right, because it fits into the argument. Right. And But but, uh, but having said that, doesn't mean I'm a continuation, continuationalist. <laughs> I just believe that... that that given the rest of this passage, we're still we're talking about the second coming. Right. You can still ask the question, okay, why have some of these ceased and some of them have not? It doesn't give a time frame necessarily that they're all going to last until then. 
It just says that they will sure. cease. It doesn't say when or if they all cease together right. or if they're going to. Obviously, the gift of of being a teacher still exists. Yeah. But the gift of prophecy has ceased. And, you know, here's my biggest argument about this whole thing. Who is to say that God can't look down at any moment, any time, and go, okay, I want you for the specific purpose right here to fill my goal, my desire. I want you to heal that guy from the dead and him to do it. Mm-hmm. Are we to say, no, wait, wait, God, wait a second. You said we, well, we believe that that stopped with the apostles well, I here. W- I will be honest with you. <laughs> my time in, in uh, third world countries, yeah, I have attempted such miraculous things just sure. to see, because I am not writing anything off. Right. It didn't happen. Right. Does So, so I guess that could call into question my faith in it. <laughs> Because that's what that's what people would say. Oh, you didn't have enough faith, but you know what? I'm going to do what I can and let God decide how to use me. Yeah, and that's the whole point. God gets the glory for everything, not not me. I mean, just because it it happened through me doesn't mean anything. So, um, I I guess my my summary on where I am is um, I'm not either one. I I believe that. God will work how he wants to work. Amen. That's right. And it's not going to separate me from somebody else because they have had an experience or something that they believe is something totally different than what I, how I grasp it. So (laughs) I believe God can do anything. It's just, I think this is a natural byproduct of our 21st century white Christian American desire to compartmentalize theology. Mm Mm-hmm. In System, s- systematic theology. Systematic, right? Like, so much like we want to take this and say, "All right, this is this view, and this is this how this." Right, and it's so interesting when you overanalyze <laughs> some of these passages. What you end up doing is losing the point. Right, you end up losing the narrative, yeah. uh, the context, the true context of, of what was being said. Right. I mean, what is like I said before? What is the context of of chapters twelve, thirteen, and fourteen? Quit. Fighting over this and love people. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole point. Okay, like really. <laughs> so that's really where I am Amen. on it. Uh, Good. You know, Good. And, and if God works a miracle through me, I'll just be happy as I'll get out. Right. But <laughs> if He doesn't, I'm still as happy and still right. and still glorify Him. We're still raising people up from the dead spiritually. Amen. Hey, yes, that's right. Awesome. You so, want to do some? Uh... Yeah, why not? We got a little bit of time, don't uh, we? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Welcome! <laughs> Thank you so much, Wormwood. Players? <laughs> oh, dude. We'll keep it short this time. Remember, I totally it, stumped it, it, you it last time, by the way. You did. You totally just stomped me in yeah. the ground. Yeah, it was good. So I you, had the kitty card. Whose turn, is, who, whose turn is to start? We'll do two questions. All right, you start. Or, or two questions each. Okay. You're, okay, we you, start as in you're going to ask me the question? Yeah. Okay. And this time I'm picking the category two. <sighs> okay, pick the category New Testament. Ah, okay. <laughs> Is it about the Holy Spirit? <laughs> Maybe. <clears throat> Whether to take John, Mark, on their next missionary... What? Keep reading. That's, oh, wait. That's the answer. 
Let's change it here. <laughs> okay, like, so the question is, why did Paul and Barnabas have a dispute on their second missionary journey? That's really good, yeah. Wow. Where's the ding, ding, ding? <laughs> so it is Jeopardy. Yeah, I'll give that one to you. That's awesome. Nice job. Okay, what do you want? Um, let's do Old Testament. Old Testament. In what situation were quail first mentioned in the Bible? Ah, I know. All right, I'll interrupt it. It was uh, when the the um, Hebrew people were wandering in the desert, and Moses, uh, God gave them quail to eat. That is correct. Woo! Yeah, they were sick of all, <laughs> all this manna. manna stuff. <laughs> we're tired of this stuff. Right. And so he gave them so much quail, they got sick off of it. That's right. <laughs> there you go, buddy. <laughs> okay, so what do you got? Um, let's see. Uh, let's go with let's go with history and geography. Okay, I always like that category. Who was the Roman emperor when Jesus was baptized? <laughs> I'm gonna say Augustus. No, Julius. No, who? Tiberius. Tiberius. Yes. Wow. Oh, where's my? Ah! Totally blew that. Okay. Yeah. Last question. Okay. Uh, let's go with uh, New Testament. New Testament. What was Judas who betrayed Jesus? His last name. Iscariot. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Judas Bar. No, 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 no. I hit the wrong button. You, oh, you got it did right. I get it right? <laughs> it's scary. That's easy. Why did I get all the easy ones all the time? Oh, well. I don't know. That was good. But yeah. okay. Uh, listener feedback. Oh, yeah. We I, got got, I, I got one. I got one piece of listener feedback. Awesome. From uh, one of my designer friends from online. Group. Oh, cool. He goes by the, uh, by the, the handle of Seven Lives. Okay, Seven Lives <laughs> writes, awesome, he man. says, love my Theonauts, two exclamation points. Awesome. These guys are absolutely entertaining, inspiring, and educational. Plenty of scripture read, expounded, and examined every time, all with a good balance of humor, knowledge, and loving spirit. Five stars, keep up the good work, exclamation, exclamation, smiley. Sweet, we got a smiley. <laughs> That's our first smiley. Yes. We should hang it up on the wall. We got emoticons. Awesome. Okay, so well, here at the Theonauts, we are part of a bigger thing. We're part of the Great Commission Transmission Woo. Network. So what we do is we use this new media stuff and social networking to go into all the world, proclaim the gospel news to the good news to everyone of the gospel, and to find out more, partner with us. Uh, visit us at gctnetwork.com and sign up there for the um, for the newsletter. Find out what all is going on, even with our, our buddies over there at Finding Christ in Cinema. Yeah, there are several ways to contact us and leave feedback. Send an email to theonauts at thegctnetwork.com. Call us on our voice line at 972-885-7270. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast portal. <laughs> and don't forget to leave us comments there and rate us. Tweet to us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts. Follow us on Instagram at Theonauts. 
Instagram. Don't forget to tune in again to explore the vast reaches of God's word. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Jeremiah. Thanks, Dave. God bless. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your great commission. This is your great commission transmission. GCTnetwork.com. This is your great commission transmission. This is your great commission transmission. <clears throat> Car roll me a bed. I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> 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 That's so awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh.